This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio. This is a show about West Coast in crisis in the wake of their 171-point loss to Sydney at the weekend. It is their fourth loss by more than 100 points in the last eight games. It is their 12th loss in a row by more than 40 points. We've got a lot of text coming through on the Temperate Bedshed text line about the issue. You can have your say as well on 0487 736 736. Let us know what you're thinking or feeling about this. One person who definitely had his say in the West Australian newspaper this morning was my old colleague Craig O'Donoghue, wrote a very strong column basically saying that Adam Simpson, if he was coaching anywhere else in the world, would be sacked. I've got Cod on the show now to let us know why he wrote that column. Cod, welcome. How you going, Duff? It's been a big weekend, mate. Uh, obviously, very strong column by you today. Tell us your reasons for writing it. I just don't think there's any sport in the world where a club would accept what's been happening at West Coast. You can't have four 100-point losses in eight weeks and the 171-point loss, which was the fourth greatest loss in BFL slash AFL history, and not do something. They keep saying it's unacceptable, and but they don't then say, as a result of it being unacceptable, we're going to take action. The only person who seems to have action taken against him is Xavier O'Neill. He gets dropped every single time he plays. Everyone else is okay to just keep meandering along through what's happened. So the buck has to stop with someone over the fact that every single year there's been a problem with list management or recruiting or injuries or form or all these different things, but no one is going to pay a price. The fact that Ken Hinckley doesn't have a contract next, for next year at the moment at Port Adelaide, and, but everything at the West Coast is okay when they're on the bottom of the ladder and getting flogged every single week, something has to change, and they're not prepared to make any changes. So, devil's advocate, if you sack Adam Simpson and you install, let's say, Jared Schofield, who would be one of the senior assistant coaches there, what, what does it achieve with their current injury list? So at the moment, it doesn't achieve anything from, from a week-to-week situation. But what it says is that someone's going to be held accountable for the problems that have occurred at the club over the many years, which is built up to this. So if you're continually recontracting players who are injured and then they remain injured, then you're not going to have players available to select from. If you're continually blaming other people for the standards that you've set at your club, and we look back and we say, well, they didn't do anything about Junior Rioli when he had his uh, court case... Uh, when he was on suspension, they said, no, we're happy to welcome him back to, to the club. They weren't up, uh, all that upset about Jack Darling coming out and issuing a statement when he didn't want to get vaccinated, saying, "I'm not. this isn't the reason why I'm not at the club. It's a, it's a workplace issue. They've got all these other... Uh, uh, the, the, when Kane Corns came out and said they were fat, no, we're not fat. We, our standards haven't slipped. Well, next year they say, oh, our standards did slip. So there's always something going on about what's acceptable, and they tend to accept a lot of things that they then say are unacceptable, but they don't make any changes about that. So I think that the, the standards, the ch- what they've been um, prepared to put up with over so many years has led to this debacle, and someone's in charge of that. And if it's the buck stopping with the coach, as we all expect, then why is the coach immune? 
a lot of what you're talking about sounds like Adam Simpson's loyalty to his 2018 premiership group. Has he been too loyal? Has he been too enamoured with them? Has he allowed them to take too many liberties, do you think? Oh, absolutely, I think. And you can see how that happens over the years. With coaches fall in love with the guys who take them to the ultimate prize. So it would be extremely challenging for anyone to, to walk away from those players. But that's part of your job, isn't it? To make sure that you make the, the appropriate decisions long-term to put yourself into the best position to be competitive week in, week out. And they clearly didn't think this was coming when they recontracted Simpson a couple of years back for five years. They wouldn't have said, oh, we think we're going to be on the bottom of the ladder, you know, in 2023 and be struggling in 2022. They were still talking about it being a quick bounce last year. Saying, oh, we'll be okay. And now it's all the talk is, oh, no, we're in the pit. It's going to be a long road back. Well, they haven't prepared for this. They didn't see this coming. And if, you, if, you, if your vision for the future is so far away from what it actually is, then it's a problem. So when you were watching it unfold on the weekend, God, what were you thinking? What were you, what were you thinking as you were seeing this unfold? The lack of effort, the lack of intensity, the scoreboard just mounting relentlessly. I think Sydney were 100 points in front of the 14-minute mark of the third quarter. The first 30 seconds was concerning because it was like, hang on, you expect them to at least put up an effort to start the game. And they've been saying, well, we, once we get our star midfielders back, we'll be all okay in the middle. Well, they're getting flogged out of the middle constantly now with those guys there. So you're thinking, well, this isn't good. And lack of tackling and lack of, of, of pressure. When the game is on the line early, and you're going, well, there's something off here. This just isn't going to work. And then it just became out of control. And it was one of those ones where you're thinking, could they actually lose by 200, we were saying at one point? Because that was how bad it was looking. So it was shocking to watch. And your immediate reaction is, well, there's going to be fallout. There's going to be something happening here. No coach can survive this in world sport. Um, and it took less than 24 hours for them to say, no, the coach is fine. They hadn't even reviewed the game at that point, I wouldn't have thought. They wouldn't have had time to complete that. So it just looked like a disaster unfolding in front of everyone's eyes. And it's something that we haven't seen before, I mean, the, the, I think there was 1979 was the only other one where I've been alive where a team has lost by that amount. That was three. So we certainly haven't seen a 171-point demolition um, of a footy team uh, in, in, that, since I've been alive. So um, it's not something that we'll, um, are we are likely to see into the future, I would have thought, either. So if you're not going to make a statement when you lose by that much, then you're always going to improve, aren't you? They're not going to lose by 171 this week, so they're going to go forward. If you're the list manager at West Coast, I'll, I'll give you some names of senior players. You tell me whether they're there next year or not if you're the list manager. So, Shannon Herm, I'm assuming gone? Gone, yep. Luke Shuey? Gone. Nick Natanui? They have to pay him out with the contract, but clearly he ha- but he's not playing, so he has to go. Um, Andrew Gaff? Gone. Jack Darling? Darling's probably one I'd, I'd be inclined to keep just because they lack enough key forwards in, in general to um, to be able to com- be competitive and allow uh, some of the other younger ones to, to develop. So I think he's one who might you might survive. How many list changes do you see West Coast making at the end of this season? Well, last week I said about eight, um, but uh, then it'll be interesting to see whether they go even harder uh, because yeah. When you see these sorts of results continually happening, they're now finding out the players who they thought might be good enough to play are actually just depth players who are never going to have a real impact on the list and, and can't handle the level. So 
uh, it might get even bigger than what we thought a, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I still think eight's the number. I think it's hard to do more than that and and, and get meaningful improvement anyway. So um, I'm guessing eight is still about the right number. Craig, it was fascinating reading your column today. It was a really strong column. You uh, you put it all out there and, and had a really strong view, which is what columns are supposed to be about. That was in the West Australian newspaper today. Thanks for joining us on the show. No worries. Have a good day, everyone. Craig O'Donoghue, he is a senior sports writer at the West Australian newspaper. Give us your thoughts on his column. You can do that on the Temperate Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736 or you can call on the open line on 13 12 55. It's time for some news.